Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, it's a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for this program, Come To Me, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Sorry I couldn't be with you here yesterday. I had a, um, we think, was either a bout of food poisoning, or I've been told there's like this 24-hour thing going around that's kind of hit me. Monday night, and I really slept all day yesterday. So feeling much better today, though, however, so happy to be here with you and thanking you for being here with me uh, on this uh, February 5th, 5th, right? Uh, well, so a little catching up to do. I do want to share with you uh, some of the Holy Father's Angelus message for the Feast of the Presentation on Sunday. And then today, of course, being Wednesday already, he did uh, give his general audience and he's continuing his teaching on the Beatitudes. Really, he began last week, and he'll really get into the start getting into the Beatitudes this week and for the next uh, seven weeks after this. So um, we'll go to that as well. Uh, before we do that, though, my friends, we are going to pray. And as always, I do invite you to join me in prayer and for all of your special needs, your special intentions, whatever they are. And I'll ask you in a special way today, uh, you know, for the past year, We've been praying for our young friend Maria, 16-year-old young lady uh, over here from Bucks County, who uh, about a year ago was diagnosed with um, a tumor on her brain stem. We've been praying for a miracle. We've been praying for God's will to be done. The most recent uh, situation with Maria and her parents where they went um, to another location for experimental um treatment. But I did get a text from her dad this morning and said, please pray. Uh, last night, Maria had a turn for the worst. She's in a hospital in San Diego, California, in very critical condition. So please keep her in your prayers. I, you know, the family is uh, obviously for the past year has been going through horrible, horrible uh, situation. And these are good people. And as I've shared with you, when we started praying for them, um, were it not for this couple, Maria's parents, many years ago, who made a generous donation to Cheryl and me, to Domestic Church Media, to begin Domestic Church Media, the seed money that began what we have today. And they've been faithful friends ever since, and they sit on our board of directors. But... Um, so they're good, holy, faithful people and uh, live their lives in a, in a way that uh, we know is pleasing to the Lord. But And we don't know why these things are happening the way they're happening. We've been praying for a miracle, but praying for God's will to be done. And so God's will right now is that Maria is in critical condition in the hospital in San Diego. So as we pray today, my friends, please keep that intention in your prayers. 
We're going to uh, pray these prayers that um, I, I think are beautiful prayers to our the guardian angels of our children and then also praying to protect the homes of our family. And then we'll pray our uh, St. Michael prayer in Subtum Presidium prayer. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I humbly salute you, O faithful heavenly friends of my children. I give you heartfelt thanks for all the love and goodness you show them. At some future day I shall, with thanks more worthy than I can now give, repay your care for them, and before the whole heavenly court acknowledge their indebtedness to your guidance and protection. Continue to watch over them, provide for all their needs of body and soul. Pray likewise for me, my wife, and our whole family, that we all may one day rejoice in your blessed company. Amen. Lord, we beg you to visit this house, our home, and the homes of our children, and banish from them all the deadly powers of the enemy. May your holy angels dwell here and there to keep us in peace, and may your blessing be upon us always. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And Holy Father Pope Francis, uh, about a year and a half ago, asked us to pray every day the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and also the Subtuum Presidium prayer to our Blessed Mother to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Jesus, you know, let's pray this prayer. I have it sitting right in front of me. I'm going to pray it right now because... Uh, Maria is, as I said, in critical condition in a hospital in San Diego. And uh, we had prayed this prayer throughout last year for a miracle through the intercession of Mother Maria Calpis. So we'll pray for Maria and her family right now. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpis, whose deep faith in your presence love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others, continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a healing, a miraculous healing of Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. And we ask this through Jesus our Lord and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, I thank you for being here with me on this February 5th. And uh, apologize for not being here yesterday. <laughs> I really was... Uh, knocked out. I, I don't know what it was. All of a sudden, it was, it was the Monday evening. That we were sitting at home uh, about 7 o'clock, and I put a blanket on. I said to Cheryl, is it cold? It's cold in here. What, what do you have the thermostat on? I was, I was shivering. I was shaking. And uh, anyway, went to bed that night and had a fever and 
everything else that comes with that kind of and I thought I I thought it was food poisoning, something I had eaten uh, from a local salad bar. <laughs> but but then my son told me that there's a 24 hour thing going around with similar um, uh, symptoms. But anyway, it's it seems to be have subsided, and that's what makes me always think it's food food poisoning because it went by so fast. You know, Monday night to now, and I'm I'm feeling 100% better. So I even got my appetite back. and So anyway, happy to be here. Couldn't be here yesterday. Sorry, I just had a real quick throw a repeat on. I was going to try to come over here, but I thought, nah, I better not. It's a good thing I didn't. So anyway, uh, we're better. And uh, let me kind of fill you in what's going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. Of course, this Friday is first Friday, and that means Bill and George are here. Bishop O'Connell is here. Uh, Father Steve DeLacy, our regular first Friday programming. Next week and the following week, as I've mentioned to you, we're so happy, thrilled that we're getting a brand new control board here in our main studio, the board that controls everything through the very generous donation of uh, two board members, uh, a board member and his wife. And because of that, we can't do any live programming. So we are going to um, put on repeats for this program and the Friday program uh, the next two weeks so we can get everything straightened away in here. And Cheryl and I will have a chance to get away ourselves then. Uh, we thought that was the best time to do that. Since we can't do anything in the studio, we can get get away for a little, little midwinter vacation, which we usually do every year. So I'm going to put repeats on starting next week that for two weeks, both this program and Friday Live, everything else will be the same, No, nothing unusual. Um, and then we will re- return... Um, the um, <clears throat> February 24th, 5th, something like that. Um, but anyway, so just keep 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 us in prayer in our travels. Keep uh, the, the studio upgrade. I'm excited about this. It's It's got all the bells. This this, this um, uh, board that we have here in front of us now is about 30 years old. And uh, the manufacturer has gone out of business. They don't have to make parts for it anymore. So uh, it'll be nice to have a state-of-the-art, brand-new, digital control board that will allow us to do a lot of things. So I'm excited about that. Um, How about that uh, halftime show? Did you see that halftime show? Uh, People were talking about it more on Monday, I suppose, than today. But, uh, you know, Cheryl and I were sitting there watching that football game, and we're not really big football people. But we thought we'd have it on and in the background. And when the commercials came on, we'd we'd watch the commercials. Uh, But that halftime show was just disgusting, disgraceful. Um, I was I, I, the first thing I said to show there are there are young young boys young girls even watch this who, who who think this is the standard young boys who who think this is okay this it's okay to 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 let women objectify themselves like that um, it, it's really pretty pretty upsetting when you think about all the the issues these uh, women in their pink hats seem to have uh, and when something like that happens um, they they have no issue with it when when it these two women, and I, I, I know of Jennifer Lopez. I didn't know the other woman. But um, to objectify themselves that way, and Jennifer Lopez had her daughter there, 11-year-old daughter, to show, okay, this is how you should behave. This is how you should, should act. This is how you should, you should attract men to you. It's horrible. Uh, and I don't really understand why... Uh, the NFL would allow that. Someone mentioned that last year's halftime show was almost as bad. I don't know. I, I don't even remember watching it. So um, anyway, we got to pray because people are really lost 
You know, the souls are lost. They, 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 they accept what was once evil as good, and they call what was once good evil. Uh, the world has been inverted, and that's the work of the devil. I'm telling you. People can laugh and make fun of us, but it's true. <laughs> they, they, they're fooling themselves. The devil is very active, and we, need, we need, never should be uh, afraid to, to really speak out and call it what it is. Um, and it's, the sad thing is I saw oh, a number of years ago there was a picture of Jennifer Lopez. I don't even know where I saw it. One of those, you know, in the newspaper or something. They showed her, because she's from the Bronx, and she's obviously Latino. They showed her in her first Holy Communion dress. So she was raised Catholic. They showed a picture of Jennifer Lopez there in her first Holy Communion dress, and there she was Sunday night there for all the world to see. And you just wonder, you know, what people, what, what becomes their gods, you know? The fact that all this fame and fortune can warp a person's understanding of what life is really about. And I think about our, our young friend, you know, Maria, over in San Diego, in, in critical condition in the hospital, so much of her life ahead of her, a beautiful young woman who, for whatever reason, God allowed this to take place in her life. That there's just so much in the world that we look around and we, we, we ask God, why? You know, why is this happening this way? But you know, my friends, you and I, as, as disciples of the Lord, we're, we're called to, to really step up, especially these days, where there is so much division, so much dissension, so much evil in the world, to step up and, and build up what is, what is good, to build up the kingdom here on earth. And that's, that is the theme, you know, of our Radiothon in April. Is that we are one body. We want to build up the kingdom of God, build up the body of Christ in all that is good, in all that is holy. And we've really been praying about that. And so we need apostolates like this. We need uh, media like this that's going to proclaim the good news, the joy of, of, of Jesus Christ, the joy of the gospel. Let's go to the Holy Father. I mean, I'm a little, not hoarse, but I guess because I'm dry. <clears throat> you know, when you, when, you, when you get a little dehydrated, you're... Believe it or not, your vocal cords dehydrate. So that's why I'm a little, maybe sound a little raspy, but I'm not really hoarse. It's just, I need water. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the Holy Father's um, general audience from today. Uh, he began uh, teaching, uh, you know, no, I'm sorry. Let's, go, let's first go to his Angelus. Let's do it in chronological order. Let's first go to his Angelus message from Sunday. Of course, Sunday we celebrated the Feast of the presentation of the Lord. It was also the 24th World Day for Consecrated Life. Um, and Holy Father began his Angelus by telling the faithful uh, that the World Day for Consecrated Life reminds us that the great treasure in the Church of all those who follow the Lord closely, professing the evangelical councils. The Holy Father referred to Luke 2, 22-40, when Jesus tells, which tells rather of Jesus' consecration to God. Forty days after his birth, other than describing a ritual foreseen by tradition, the Holy Father said this episode brings to our attention a few people who are caught in a moment in which they experience a meeting with the Lord in the place in which he makes himself present and closely, close to humanity. These people, the Holy Father said, are Mary and Joseph, Simeon and Anna. 
who represent the models of availability and of the offering of their very lives to God. Pope Francis said Luke the Evangelist describes them all through two attitudes, movement and amazement. The Holy Father explained that in this way, the four protagonists show us that Christian life requires dynamism and willingness to journey, always allowing the Holy Spirit to be the guide. I love that. You know, you think about what our call to discipleship is. What does that mean? You know, we don't just wear it like a name tag and forget it's there, right? Have you ever go to a, a gathering where they put name tags on you? You know, whether it's a class reunion or, a, uh, you know, a, a meeting with a lot of people coming together for the first time, and they slap those, those name tags on your jacket or your shirt, your sweater, blouse, whatever. And you leave the meeting, you leave the reunion, you're, you're going somewhere else, and you suddenly realize, oh, I still have this name tag on, right? Forgot it was even there, but you were wearing it. People knew who you were. Didn't mean a thing. Same thing with our, our discipleship. It's not something we just slap on and wear and forget it's there, forget who we are. I love this. Holy Father said that the Christian life, our, our discipleship, requires dynamism and willingness to journey. You know, as the what was that from Star Trek? To go where no man has gone before. To go to that galaxy far, far away. To go out to the peripheries, as Holy Father has uh, asked us to do. To not be afraid to witness to our Christianity, our discipleship, and to always allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide in all things. It's not always easy, because sometimes God asks us to go down those rough, rocky roads. Sometimes the Holy Spirit leads us down those narrow paths on the side of a mountain that look very, very treacherous. Cheryl and I tell this story, I tell you, and it's a true story. Talk about a treacherous ride. You know, when we first got married, we, we, uh, I was working for FedEx at the time, and within, I think, a week of coming back from our honeymoon, the company asked me to go out to Arizona for an interview for a job that was opened out there, and we went out. Of course, we went out to Arizona in the middle of January, and, you know, we were scraping ice off the windows here, going to the airport, got out to Phoenix. It was night. We got to the hotel. Next morning, we woke up. There's not a cloud in the sky. The sun is shining brightly, and there's a beautiful pool outside our hotel with palm trees swaying. And we said, yeah, we could live here. Um, so we lived there for the first three years of our marriage. But within the first six months or so of living there, we like to explore, obviously before the children, so we had time to, to explore. And those were the days before GPS. You had to use maps, paper maps. And there was a little ghost town in the Superstition Mountains, which are very high mountains that surround the city of Phoenix. Phoenix is in a valley, and these Superstition Mountains are very, very high. And even this time of year can be snow-capped. That's how high they are. But there's a little ghost town called Bumblebee that Cheryl said, let's go find the ghost town. So we got in our car, and this is 1986, 87, something like that, and I, uh, my car then was a Pontiac Bonneville because... <laughs> the size of a tank, <clears throat> went out to the Superstition Mountains, 
started driving, following the map, up the hill. Now we're pretty high up on the mountain, and we're on this road that is right on the edge of the, the mountain. And we're driving. We said, well, Bumblebee is up ahead. It must be around this next bend. We're, we're very high on the mountain. And the road just got narrower and more narrow and more narrow and, and narrowed down to basically we couldn't go anymore. We were stuck on the side of this, this massive mountain. And we thought, there's no way to make a K-turn and turn around. <laughs> we got to back up around this mountain. It was a dirt road. So we made a wrong turn, obviously, somewhere. My point is, we made it back, by the way. Obviously, we're still here. My point is that sometimes in allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, God in his wisdom, we don't know what, what, why or what reason, but God in his, in his love for us understands in his divine providence that sometimes he asks us and he leads us and guides us over that rough terrain to those paths that maybe lead to nowhere initially or those rocky and rough roads in life that he asks us to go through as part of our discipleship. We don't understand it, but he asks us to do that. And the Holy Father said that the world needs Christians who allow themselves to be moved and who do not cease to journey so as to bring Jesus' word to all. Every baptized person, Pope Francis said, every baptized person has received the vocation to evangelize to the evangelizing mission. Every single one of us, by our baptism, Pope Francis reiterates the teaching of the church. Every single person has received the vocation to evangelize, to, evan- to the evangelizing, evangelizing mission. In whatever state the Lord puts us, wherever he puts us, however he puts us, with whomever he puts us in touch and contact and encounter. You know, I always look back on our, our journey here at the Apostolate, and I always love to see the web of encounter, I call it. All the people in the course of the past 17 years of our existence here at Domestic Church Media with whom we have come into contact, and I mentioned to you our friends, Maria, uh, her parents, a very beautiful couple who sits on our board of directors, who one day back in 2002, we were having dinner. We had just basically just met them. We got to know each other very well. And I expressed my desire to do what we're doing here. And they said, well, what do you need? Because at the time I was working somewhere else. What would you need to quit your job and go forward with this? Do it. Just do it. I said, I would imagine maybe half a year's salary. I don't know. I was all new at this. And they called me a few days later and said, we want to give you that amount and we want you to get started. And that was the beginning of domestic church media. And since then, we've had so many beautiful encounters, people who have come and gone, people who have come and stayed with us for a while and then gone, people who have come and still with us, people like our, our friends who, who, right now are at the hospital bed of their 16-year-old daughter. But the web of encounter, 
through our evangelizing efforts. And the bottom line in all of this, my brothers and sisters, is that one day, the payoff, if you want to call it that, the reward is the treasury of heaven. And Holy Father said, Mary and, I'm sorry, I just missed my, he explained that the figures of these two believers, Mary and Joseph, are wrapped in amazement because they have allowed themselves to be captured and become involved in the events that we are happening, that are happening before our eyes. I'm sorry, Anna and Anna and Anna and um, Simeon. Finally, the Holy Father explained that the ability to be amazed fosters the religious experience that makes an encounter with the Lord fruitful. On the other hand, he said, the inability to be amazed does not only lead to indifference, but to an increased distance between the journey of faith and daily life. So in our own calling, in our, in our own uh, desire to live our life as faithful disciples, it's a long road. It's a long journey with many twists and turns and ups and downs and, and, and uh, obstacles along the way. But we have to remember that Christ came into this world to show us the way home. And just by his example on how he did that, how he opened up the gates of heaven for us, how he took sin and death upon himself on that cross and allowed himself to experience that horrific passion and death for each and every one of us, just so we could one day be with him forever in heaven and reign with him. That's what awaits us. And our discipleship, you know, this is why I say, you know, I, I look at the picture of that little Jennifer Lopez in her little Holy Communion outfit. What was she, seven, eight, nine years old? A simple little child whose parents wanted her to, to receive her sacraments. She was given a talent, obviously. Given a great talent. And for how many years now has been at the top of her game. But seems to have lost what is most important. She's given, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, casting disparaging comments about, I don't know where she is in her faith life, but I'm assuming based on what we saw Sunday night, um, she doesn't go to, uh, doesn't buy into the, the uh, modest address attitude. But we pray for her. We pray for that other young woman. We pray for all the, the poor souls who are lost especially those souls who were, who were brought up in the faith, who have gone on to, to walk away. But we keep them in prayer. But getting back to what the Holy Father is saying, as, as he talks about the, the Feast of the Presentation, that the ability to be, to be amazed fosters the religious experience and makes an encounter with the Lord fruitful. I'm sure every single one of us could think at many times in our life when the Lord has amazed us, the Lord has really done something in our life 
That is truly amazing. Hey, the fact that we can, at this point in my life anyway, the fact that I can open my eyes in the morning and get out of bed. I'll tell you what, yesterday I thought I wasn't going to get out of bed. I never slept as much in my life as I did the past 24 hours. Something just really hit me and knocked me out. Uh, I thought, okay, and I thought I would never be hungry again, but thanks be to God, my appetite is returning. Um, but you never know where the Lord's going to take you and, and what the last step will be, what the last breath will be, what the last beat of our heart will be. Our responsibility in this life is to live our discipleship faithfully. We're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. You know, we're getting out letters this week to all of our, our friends, our the pastors of our parishes and our listening areas, and uh, to the Knights of Columbus and to other organizations about supporting domestic church media during our Radiothon April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd because we need this apostolate. We need this media, this uh, the radio, the, the YouTube, the Facebook page, the Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home devices, all these methods and means of listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed in whatever way we can proclaim it. We need it because we're in a world that is so hostile to who we are as Christians, as believers. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I think I shared with you too, uh, my parents, you know, my dad grew up in, in Hoboken, my mom in the Bronx in the late 1930s in high school. They would pray the Lord's Prayer in high school, in their public high schools in those days. And I heard last night in the uh, State of the Union address where the president said he believes that you should have the right to pray in school, as we should. We took prayer out of the school. Look what happened to the schools. But when we start, we start turning our backs on God, you know, our currency says, in God we trust. Not in the president, not, not in the Congress, but in God we trust. Hopefully those individuals, the president and the Congress, abide by those rules, but they don't, they don't all do that. Thanks be to God we have a president who's pro-life, who's pro-family, and we need more people like him in Congress. But anyway, I'm not going to get political. Let's take a break. When I come back, my friends, uh, we're going to go to the Holy Father's teaching from today, his general audience on the Beatitudes. So stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Now, in order to understand the knowledge of God, you must make a distinction between foreknowledge and predetermination. The two are not identical. God, indeed, does foreknow everything, but he does not predetermine us independently of our will and our merits. Just suppose that you knew the stock market very well. And because of your superior knowledge of business conditions, you said that such and such a stock within six months would be selling ten points higher than it is now. Suppose six months later it actually sold ten points higher. Would you have predetermined and caused it to be ten points higher? Although you foreknew it. There were other influences, were there not, besides your superior knowledge? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, And you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. From Langhorne to Lake Como. Holmdel to Howell. Freehold to Fort Dix. Ringo's to Roosevelt. From Old Bridge to Oceanport. Red Bank to Rocky Hill. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back on this February 5th, 2020. And in just a moment, we're going to go to the Holy Father's Wednesday general audience from today, uh, which he began, he'll begin today teaching on the Beatitudes. So we'll start that in just a bit. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you that uh, coming up uh, the end of this month, it won't be here, you know, it'll be here before you know it, uh, Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, they're, they're having their annual... 
a conference over at St. Mary's in Middletown. That's at 19 Cherry Tree Farm Road. And guys, you're all invited. I hope you come. 8.30 to 3.30 on that Saturday, the 29th. Um, Join fellow Catholic men from across the diocese. The 23rd annual men's conference, Saturday, February 29th, St. Mary, Mother of God Parish in Middletown. The theme of the conference is discipleship, the greatest adventure, and it's going to include um, a featured speaker, uh, former New York Yankee, Mark Teixeira, Dr. Italy, uh, Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosia, and I don't have the list in front of me. Do I have it here? Anyway, $30.00. Uh, at the uh, St. Mary of Mother of God Church, 19 Cherry Tree Farm Road in Middletown. Go to their website, catholicmenforjesuschrist.org, for all the information. And uh, I believe we'll be there with the table. Uh, Cheryl and I will be there, um, and others, a lot of friends joining us. So uh, come say hello. We'd love to see you. And um, let's see. If you have, you know, the the 20... Is it 20 25th, 26th of February is Ash Wednesday. So now's the time to get ready for Lent. But if you have any special events taking place in your parish, whether it be, you know, Lenten uh, penance services or retreats or parish missions, or let us know about it. We want to make it make those things aware to our listeners. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the bulletin board link up on the top of the page, fill out the event form, and then we'll post it. I can't guarantee I'll announce everyone, but at least we'll have it posted on our website and uh, people, and they do go to our website for information. So uh, it's a great way. We don't charge. It's free. Um, The only thing we ask in return is that if you are having an event and there's a place for materials to be um, displayed, uh, that you might consider allowing us to put our things there because, you know, people need to know about Catholic radio. Uh, this is so important. And we're not just radio anymore. We're, we're all over the place. You know, if you are buying new cars, you know, late make, late make models here, the, the 2020s and, and beyond, so many of the car manufacturers now are putting these uh, Amazon and Google devices in the car so you won't even need a radio just tell your device, play domestic church media. And there we are. I did that in my car. Um, I got a little Amazon Auto, A-U-T-O, as an automobile, and it's about the, the size of a credit card. Plug it into your USB port in your car. It connects through the Wi-Fi to your phone. It uses data from your phone. But I, I tell you, not a lot of data, because Cheryl and I both have one, and it barely uses any data. And now that device is in my car, and I can say anytime, Alexa, play domestic church media, and boom, it's on the radio in the car. Uh, and if you have these devices at home, or, and, and you know, for forty nine bucks to pay one one a one time charge for that, I tell you what, and it's like FM quality sound. So technology is changing. We need to make sure, and I say this all the time here at Domestic Church Media, we need to make sure that we are on the cutting edge of technology on how we get our broadcast out because the devil loves technology. No, he really does. The devil loves technology, and he loves to use it. And we have to have a presence 
anywhere we can use uh, where we can put our, our our broadcasts. Download our free mobile app. My goodness, my friends, I tell you what, this app it has everything on it. It has all of our information, all of our audio, video, live stream, but it also has the entire Catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible. It has evening prayer, morning prayer, night prayer, daily mass readings. It has L'Osservatorio Romano, the, the official newspaper of the Vatican. It has our Sunday visitor. It has the National Catholic Register. EWT, all this stuff on my on my, our app here at Domestic Church Media. And it's free. You just download it. It's free. So all these ways to stay connected. This is what I tell our, our dear pastor friends in my letter that's going out to you now, fathers. Wait, be looking for it in the mail, as Ed McMahon used to say. Um, but say it's, it's a way for people, pastors, for your parishioners to stay connected to the faith between Sundays. You know, there's, we, we can't just be one hour a week Catholics. There's an old limerick. Father Cardinal or Cardinal Francis Lorenzi, I remember hearing him say this in one of the catechism teachings that I used to listen to many, many years ago. Cardinal Francis Lorenzi from Nigeria is a convert. Patty Smith went to Mass. He never missed a Sunday. But Patty Smith went to hell for what he did on Monday. How about that? Let's go to the Holy Father. Okay. This is from today, Wednesday. Holy Father's general audience. He said that a focus on achieving fame or having a perfect image in the eyes of the world denies God's call to poverty of spirit and is a tiring and lonely endeavor. The Holy Father said the poor in spirit referenced by Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount are not those who lack economic means, but those... Oops, I'm sorry, my, my little laptop here is acting up. The poor in spirit referenced by Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount are not those who lack economic means, but those who are and feel poor, beggars in the depths of their being. Jesus proclaims them blessed because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. How many times have we been told otherwise, Pope Francis asked? You have to be something in life, to be somebody. You have to make a name for yourself. And Pope Francis said, that this is where loneliness and unhappiness come from if we have to be, quote-unquote, someone. I compete with others and live in obsessive concern for my ego. You know, isn't that... And there's nothing wrong with ambition, my brothers and sisters. There's nothing wrong with striving to be the best you can be, as they used to say in the Army, or as uh, to use the gifts that God gave us in whatever state that is, whatever way that is. Um, many years ago, I was watching a PBS special on comedians from the 1950s, and Red Skelton was one of those comedians. Remember Red Skelton? He had a program, I think it was on Tuesday nights. I remember watching that. It was a variety. In the days of variety shows, where there was one TV in the house, and we'd all get around, and we could, you, could, you could watch the TV with your kids, you know, my mom and dad and my siblings, we could watch Red Skelton together. 
there's not going to be any any chance of a uh, an inappropriate commercial or any appropriate uh, comedy skit or language or anything. You'd sit around and watch it. Harmless fun. Red Skelton was a very good Catholic. And the interview on this particular uh, uh, documentary on comedians of the 50s, Red Skelton said, I always believed that the talent you had is God's gift to you, and how you use that talent is your gift back to God. And so there's nothing wrong with striving to be who God wants you to be, obviously. To be someone in the eyes of the world is a different story, because what does that mean? What's the implication there of being someone in the eyes of the world? You read about all these people. You know, I, I think about these poor young men, say poor young men, kind of a dichotomy uh, of terms here. These poor young men, sports athletes, who sign these multi, multi, multi-million dollar contracts at 24, 25 years old. They're not so poor in the eyes of the world, but how poor might they become? I was reading an article, I won't mention the, the athlete's name. Very famous athlete that we know of recent years who in his early playing days, and this is, this is not in reference to young or Kobe Bryant who passed it, not him, another athlete, famous athlete, who became very promiscuous, who would have his encounters with his uh, female friends and then send them downstairs from his penthouse and there was a limousine waiting for them and there was a gift basket in the back seat and the limo took them home. And people refer to this individual as someone who was a hero, he's this... Well, not in the eyes of God, I don't think, if you're doing that. You know, what's the standard we want to live up to? What's the standard we want our, our, our young people to look up to? So being someone in the eyes of the world, Holy Father said, this is where loneliness and unhappiness come from. He said, pride can prevent people from recognizing this and from asking for help. He said they have to prove themselves self-sufficient. The Holy Father said, likewise, pride makes it difficult to admit mistakes and ask forgiveness. Why is it difficult to ask for forgiveness? Because it embarrasses our hypocritical image. Someone who said, you know, if someone says, oh, I was, I was, I was hurt by this person, this person hurt me, and, and he or she said this or said that, and I won't forgive them till they say I'm sorry. You know, I look at the scripture. Every time Jesus talks about forgiveness, I don't see that, that an apology is part of that equation. How many times should I forgive my brother, Lord? Seven times? No, no, seven times, 70 times. Do I need an apology first? <laughs> don't, don't, don't they have to apologize? You know, so we have to understand that this, we want to live the Christian ideal, the Christian model of what Jesus taught us and who Jesus taught us to be. Pride can get in the way of that, Holy Father said. And yet, he said, living, trying to hide one's shortcomings is tiring and distressing. Jesus tells us being poor is an opportunity for grace. 
and he shows the way shows us the way out of this effort. The Holy Father taught this being the first of the eight beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Heaven, and the Holy Father is going to continue these teachings over the next number of weeks. But think about this. You know, you think about again. We, we try to live according to what the world wants us to be as opposed to who God wants us to be. Who did we think we were going to be when we were growing? You know, when I was, when I was little, I'm told, I don't remember this is how young I was. I was, I'm too young. I was too young to remember it now. But my mother said when I was little, the first thing I ever wanted to be in my life, I said, I want to be a garbage man. I don't think we call them garbage men anymore. We call them sanitation workers. But in those days, we said garbage men, nobody cared. You can call them garbage men. Well, I wanted to be one. Was I called to be a garbage man? Apparently not. If I had become a garbage man, would it have been okay? If it's what God wanted, then I wanted to be a baseball player. Then I wanted to be an astronaut. And I wanted to be an actor. Then I wanted to be a singer. And now I've got to tell you, I could have been no better place and doing anything else than where I am now and what I'm doing now. And on top of that, to be surrounded by a family now with two beautiful little grandchildren could never even have imagined. And I know that this is where God wants me to be. I may not be someone in the eyes of the world, and I don't really care. You know, <laughs> I'm not living my life for the world. I'm living my life for the next world. And if you are at peace with where you are and who you are, and how you're living your life according to God's will. Why well, worry about what anybody else is thinking? Then when I first decided to follow the Lord's prompting into this work, there were people, including some family members, who thought I was taking a big risk. Well, I was. I was leaving a corporate position that had enormous security. Federal Express is one of the top com- companies in the world, and they, you know, they they treated me well. In fact, they, you know, they offered opportunity for advancement, and I was just, you know, couldn't I couldn't ask for more. But I knew it wasn't where I needed to be. There came a point where all of a sudden, I remember walking down the hallway of my office, thinking, "I don't belong here." There's something telling me I don't belong here. It was as if I was in a foreign land. And it was right around that time that all of this began to come to the surface, opportunities for this. To be able to use the gift, and I say that humbly, that I do recognize it as a gift, to be able to, I've had in the course of my day, you know, many years now, people say, oh, you have a good radio voice. Well, oh, okay, thank you. Thank God. Recognizing and realizing that it's this 
for which he gave it to me. <laughs> I believed that. I thought it was for other purposes, other reasons. But no, he wanted me one day from all eternity to be here with you right now, talking into this microphone as I have been doing for the past 25 years. Not for my glory, for God's glory. To use whatever means I can have available to me. And as I said, going back to what we talked about the first half of the program, this wonderful encounter, web of encounters that I've had with so many wonderful people over the course of the years who have stepped forward, made enormous sacrifices, and allowed us to do what we're doing here today. We may not be, quote-unquote, someone in the eyes of the world, but I just want to be someone who gives glory to God. I just want to be someone who one day will stand before God and said, and can say, I used what you gave me to give glory back to you. I'm not always successful at that. You know, you know the ego sneaks in every now and then, and the this, the the self-centeredness, perhaps, or even the pride, sometimes gets in the middle of, uh, gets in the way. The the old boy, he's always at us. But we are here to know, love, and serve God. Not to know, love, and serve the world. And sadly, what happens is people allow themselves to be sucked in by the allurements of the world and all that it offers. If this is all we had, if there was nothing else beyond this life, you could almost see where people would think, well, I'm going to take whatever I can while I'm here. But you and I know that this is just a speck of what awaits us. You know, I'm, I'm getting older now. Yesterday, as I said, I, was, I was, had this, either it was food poisoning or the, a 24, 48-hour bug horrible thing and you know the older you get i guess when you get stuff like that it gets even more of a pain <laughs> more of a nuisance and i thought to myself this morning getting out of bed taking a shower man i'm getting old but you know one day all this is going to be renewed right we know it's going to be renewed we know we're going to be living in glory god willing and all this will mean this, this is our stepping stone to that. And living our discipleship, living our, our baptismal call of evangelizing. Every single day of our life, we're called to, to do that, to be that, to whomever we meet, to try to bring Christ to as many people as possible. This is why, for me, my friends, this is always such an enormous opportunity for me every day at 4 o'clock for these three days out of the week when I come to you like this been doing it for 25 years. And I do it only because I know God wants me to do it. I love doing it because God wants me to do it. And getting to know so many of you has been a great joy in the course of my days as well. <clears throat> okay, so let me stop there. Last couple of minutes here, let me just remind you that, uh, as I said, next week and the week after, we're now I'll be here live tomorrow, God willing, and Charlotte, I'll be here Friday. And Bishop will be here Friday, and Bill and George, and, and uh, Father DeLacy. But starting next week, while we 
re um, get our new equipment in here, we're not going to have any live programming. So this program, come to me, and Friday Live will be repeats. I don't like putting repeats on, but it's the only thing we can do at this point. We can't do live. And then it also, because of that, because the studio will be dismantled and, and uh, you know worked on, uh, it'll give Cheryl and me a chance to get away for a little, little winter vacation with the children, with our kids. So, um, but just everything else will be the same. So just keep your dial right where it is. All of your favorite programs will be on, you know, the, uh, the EWTN programs. It'll, it'll all be here. And then uh, uh, we'll be back live in that last week of February. Um, now, also, um, the Radiothon 2020 will be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's the week before Holy Week. And it'll be here before you know it. As I said, I'm getting letters out to the pastors and to the Knights of Columbus and to uh, the Catholic Daughters of America um, and anybody else who'd like to participate, especially as an organization. Um, we'd love to have you participate with us uh, ahead of time so that we can announce your names over the air as we go through the Radiothon. Last year was our best year to that to date. I think we raised about $165,000 last year which represented, oh, about 40% of our budget for the year. We've made some adjustments to budget. We've, we have a wonderful bookkeeper, a wonderful finance team here that takes care of all that and tells me what we need and what we can and can't do. Um, so I'll set those financial goals for you when we get closer to the radio, Radiothon. But um, just asking you please to pray about that. We're looking for matching gifts. If you could make a matching gift of $500 or more before the Radiothon, so we can then tell the people that there's a matching gift on the table. It really inspires people to give. So pray about that. $500 or more. Let me know. We'd love to hear from you. I got to go. Be back tomorrow, God willing. Uh, have a great rest of your day, my brothers and sisters. Thanks for being here. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you.